Well, praise the Lord. I know I would try to lie to y'all and tell you how old I am today, but after Tracy just got saying I was here for three decades, good Lord, that sounds a long time. <laughs> it's going to be hard to, to lie much about that. But anyway, I'm one year older than I was last year. I'm 61 today. So that's kind of crazy. When I was in my 30s, I thought to the Lord, give me, a, give me a couple of months. I'll have this whole thing wrapped up for you. I'll have everybody in the world evangelized, and we'll, you'll have to come back and get us. You know, I thought it'd be over with, and here it's been all these years, and I'm just like, wow. So anyway, well, praise God. I love to hear testimonies. Yeah, for those of you that are watching, viewing, you know, you can go to the Richards at yahoo.net.com, uh, Richards at, no, R. Richards at Yahoo. There you go. And you can send an email. Send me something. I want to hear from y'all. You can go to the website. You can go to all the different places and, and send us something. I love to hear testimonies coming in of what God's doing. Keeps me encouraged. And so send me something. Uh, send me something just not because it's my birthday. Just send me something because God's doing something good in your life. Amen. And so, you know, we've been running our discipleship course uh, in, for the past 13 weeks, right? Did 13-week discipleship. Bible ship. Discipleship. I guess it's a Bible ship. Uh, discipleship course. And there was two levels. And uh, then now we've graduated and everybody's moved up a level and we're needing more people to come in. But I wanted to just give you y'all a, a little overview of what took place. And so I asked Dr. Sledge to come up here. Come on up here, Scott, and uh, give us a testimony this morning. He went through uh, Colonel Brown's discipleship, which is about probably as tough as it gets. And so anyway, give us a testimony. Sure. So let me tell you, first of all, how I got here to Living Waters Church. My wife and I had a ranch in Fredericksburg and we sold it and we bought a little place here. And uh, we, we were kind of brokenhearted, frankly, because we just loved our church in Fredericksburg and our neighbors and a lot of things. We didn't know a soul in Utopia. We just trusted the Lord and here we are. We, <laughs> we bought our place and the first weekend we were here, we were right outside that door over there and this man throws the door open and hugs my wife and I saw his face and it was so full of the Holy Spirit, I knew right then and there this was my home. Amen. And I love that man, where is Bill? And you know it was Bill of course, yeah. So fast forward about 18 months and we're sitting over there. We kind of move around and pastor kind of called me out on that. He said, you're not supposed to be sitting over there. We were. And uh, Lex talked about these courses. And so we went the first day and we did the second uh, sort of version of it. And it's, it's called First Freedoms. And it's a book that's based on freedom prayer, which I think all of y'all have heard a lot about that. And every single song we heard this morning basically just describes entirely what that's about. And it's, it's really a curriculum that's very structured and it's pretty intense, but I'll tell you that it's not hard, it's challenging. There's a big difference there. And you'll come out of this thing with a whole new understanding of who you are, who God is, and that you're his beloved child, and that you will learn some very foundational things that I sort of heard and known, I've been a Christian since I was in high school, and I've been pursuing God, and this has been truly one of the most meaningful things I've ever done. Yeah. 
And so let me just tell you, it, it's, there's a couple of bonuses that you might get depending on where they have the class. And I'm gonna tell you, we got to sit in the pastor's office. I'm probably gonna get in trouble for telling you this. And so I'm sitting kind of looking at his desk. There's a lot of cool stuff in there. There's a saddle, has got his name on it and a bunch of hats and a lot of other kind of Western stuff. But sitting on his desk, there's a piece of wood that's probably a eight inch piece of lumber cut off an old tree. And there's a knife handle sticking out of that thing. And I kept looking at that thing and I'm thinking to myself, man, that's gotta be a big knife. It's a big handle. And I thought, man, oh, I'd sure like to go over there and touch that thing and pull it out and look at it. And I thought, you know, I bet it's 42 inches long. It goes right through that table. He's gotta be careful when he sits down over there. And then I thought to myself, you know, maybe it's just the handle. Maybe the shaft busted off when this, this guy was 14 years old in high school and his favorite show steer was about to get tackled by a cougar and he jumped up and just broke that thing off right in that day, you know? I mean, that's probably a secret that he's not gonna tell me the answer to, I suspect. But I'll tell you, that, that was just a bonus. But here's one thing that happened that really touched me, is we, we got really close with Lex, who is probably one of the best teachers I've ever really had in my entire life. I mean, he is, he embodies, and I, you know, I hope I don't embarrass you, but he embodies what a godly man is. And he uh, just loved on the three of us in that class. <laughs> and I'm telling you, he drawed, drawed, you know, he drew things out of me that I didn't know existed. And that was the Holy Spirit, of course. But uh, one of the biggest blessings I got of it was um, we were sitting there one day and just talking about what we'd kind of gotten out of the lesson that we studied that week. I am going to shut up here in a second. And, uh, and anyway, so uh, it was my wife just started talking and I, I love that woman so much. She's so beautiful and just got the best spirit, and the best heart. But I found out some stuff about her that even made me love her more. And that was just an incredible gift from God uh, to find out the depth of her love for Jesus and uh, what he means to her. Just, I'm going to cry right now. But anyway, I'm a big boy, so I'm going to shut up. Uh, but I will tell you that if, if there's something holding you back from doing this class, that's not from God. That's probably from the enemy. And I'm telling you something that uh, if you will just let go of that, probably something God wants to get out of you, frankly. And so I'd encourage you to do it. That's about all I'm going to say. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, Scott. Yes, Praise God. Well, that gives you an idea. You can see how God blessed him and his wife through all that. I just encourage you, everybody, you may say, oh, you know, I don't need, no, it's good stuff. And you can get up and come and be here at 930. You can do it. It's not going to hurt you. And, uh, did you pull the knife? Did you pull it out of the block? <laughs> Man, I got all kinds of stories in. <laughs> no, that was my grandfather's knife. And I whittled that out and put it in. That was his hunting knife. That's what's in there for him. So anyway, well, praise God. So that ought to get you encouraged. You just go talk to Dr. Brown after service and you know we can get you hooked up and get you going um you still got both classes going uh, bruce is doing one dr brown's doing one and so anyway get involved do that amen, amen. okay so get your bibles out this morning Woo! go to deuteronomy chapter 8 deuteronomy 8 1 i'm starting a new series this morning
I don't know how long it's going to go, but I'm just going to start and to see what the Lord would do. I think I told y'all coming up on this, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you again. You know, we, we, we took a little trip, took a little vacation, and we went up to the went up to Rio Dosa and uh, got in some cool weather and found out it was still cool. And it rained up there, too. I got to see that it does rain somewhere. And so, uh, you know, because of all the things that went on with COVID and then because of all the, the bad way of them handling everything in all the states, you know, the people... People quit working and then they got paid for not working and then they just didn't go back to work. And so every restaurant we would go into, they were always short staff. Every, every business had a help wanted sign on it, you know, and then they're finding out that people are coming in and just, um, you know, saying they want to work, but they don't really want to work because they just want to go back and follow unemployment again and whatever. And it's just been a, been a real mess for them. And so everywhere I was going, they were the same deal. And so I was said, how did y'all, how did y'all, how are you making it? What are you doing? How, what are you doing to cope is what I wanted. And I want to know what their, their plan was. And they said, well, we just had to call on family. And when they said that to me, it just, man, it just hit me. They had to call on family, you know, family is important. But when it got down to you're in trouble, you're going to lose your business. Nobody wants to work. Who do you call? You call family. And so there was the granddaughter working. And then one of the restaurants we went into, I was laughing because they brought the old timer in. You know, he was the grandfather and he was over there and he was the guy that was supposed to be. All he had to do was take the name and write it down, you know, for the next <laughs> seat, you know, and, and they were having to instruct him over. And he says, well, I'll get it in a minute, you know, and just leave me alone here. I'll get my system worked out here. And I was laughing. I said, man, they had to call you in. He said, oh, yeah, they had to get me in here to help. And so as I began to just think about this, the spirit of God just started erupting this in my spirit about how important family is, how important the family of God is and how important God has his. He it's a family business. Listen to what I'm saying. Jesus wasn't the only one that went to the cross. And and I mean, let me let me rephrase that. Jesus went to the cross so that all of us could be in the family, okay? But then it's still a family business, rescuing souls, helping other people, ministering to other people, sharing your life with them, helping people out of the ruts of life and the, and, and the depressions of life and the discouragements of life. You are in a family business. If you're born again, save Jesus Christ, the Lord of your, your life, you're in a family business. It's called Christianity. And I began to think about how in the way I view Christianity is, is I want to know someone's a Christian. I don't want to know what church they go to. I don't want to know if they're, they're involved in a denomination. I don't care what color their skin is or what nation they come from. I want to know, are you a Christian? Are you a believer in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And if they are, then we're all family. Amen. You with me? There's no discrimination in family. Family's family. We all have family. Somebody in your family is crazy. And that person who's crazy in your family, they think you're crazy. That's family dynamics. Family dynamics, we're all not the same. Not everybody functions the same. Not everybody likes the same things. You know, uh, uh, you have a family dinner, you have to take into account who doesn't like what. Am I preaching truth here this morning? Because, but you're still family. And you got the, the blood. Hello? Means a lot to me. Family means a lot to me. And 
and you get graced into my family, you know, if you're part of the family within your graced in, I'll put up with you because you're in the family. Well, and as Christians, we don't always observe it like this. As Christians, we tend to bite, fight and bicker and, and uh, you know, and argue over things that don't really mean much and forget the fact that we're all part of a family. Okay? So then, <clears throat> and the whole time I'm looking at this, I, ha- I had the television on watching some sports event and the commercial came up because I guess they were getting ready to show the Godfather series again. And the, and the clip came up and, and I don't know, I think it was Al Pacino sitting there and he says, never go against the family. And I was like, <laughs> and I just wrote that down, never go against the family. Because <laughs> I'm thinking of it in the text of what this message I was getting ready to preach, you know. Don't go against the family. Well, that's the way we should be as Christians. Man, we're not going to go against the family. Hello? So anyway, this morning I'm reading my daily reading. And for my, what I wanted for my birthday is I wanted a, I wanted a puppy. I haven't had a puppy in 40 years that I raised from a puppy. So I got a puppy. And so I'm playing with the puppy and I'm realizing I'm, the, what does it say? Matthew 4, the, you know, the distractions of the world, the deceitfulness of the I was like, uh, you're a puppy, you're a little bit of a distraction this morning, you know, trying to read my Bible. And so I flipped it open. I knew I was supposed to be reading 2 Kings 8. And I flipped my Bible open and I started reading it. And I read it and I said, what am I reading? This isn't 2 Kings 8. And then I looked up and I was in Deuteronomy 8. And as I read verse 1, I said, my Lord, look what you're saying to me this morning. So I was in the wrong chapter here. And I said, man, if this doesn't fit the message. So my first scripture, Deuteronomy 8, 1, every commandment, which I command you today, you must be careful, careful. Everybody say careful, careful. to observe it. That you may live and multiply, go in and possess the land which the Lord swore to your fathers. He's giving them a commandment. here. He said, look, you got to be careful. Now, how many of y'all know family dynamics? You got to be careful. Can I get an amen or y'all too scared to think family's watching or something? You got to be careful. But God's saying you got to be careful to observe my commandments, my way of doing things, my nature, the way that it's, it's only going to work one way. Have y'all ever seen a person in life that, you know, like they, 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 they profess to be a believer and, uh, but then you just look in their life and, and, and there's just not much fruit. And there's not much good going on. And they always seem to be in trouble. They always seem to be in turmoil. They always seem to see something's going wrong. They're, 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 they, they seem like they're trying to do right, but everything's just a mess. I mean, they are cars always broke down. They're always short. They're always here. You know, you, you know what I'm talking about? Anybody know any of those kind of people got any of those kind of friends? And, uh, But then if you really get to looking, they're not really observing carefully what the commandments of the Lord are and then walking in that. What they're doing is they're believer in Jesus, but they're trying to do it their own way. So imagine these restaurant people that I was talking about. If they bring in the the family and immediately one of the families, let's just say the granddaughter comes in and and says, well, you know, this isn't really the way I think you should run it. And so the granddaughter wants to make changes. And then there's the uncle that they brought in. And then he wants to make changes. And then there's the daughter-in-law. And then there's the whatever. And everybody's fighting on the way the family business ought to be run. 
But the truth of the matter is you've got to go back to whoever the patriarch is in the family and what spirits coming from them and how they want it run. And then everybody else should fall in line and run it that way. Are y'all with me? God's saying the same way with Christians. He says, look, I want you to run this thing, this family business like I want it to run. I want you to represent me. I want you to have that spirit upon you so that when you come across everybody else in life, you're representing the family business. Now, I don't need any amens on this part. I don't need hands showed because it'll be it'll be an embarrassment. But how many of you? And like I said, don't have to show your hands. You can just inside your heart say, yeah, have been burnt by a Christian. They did not represent the family business. They weren't representing God. They were representing their own wounds, their own hurts, their own uh, problems they have on the inside of them. And they weren't representing the family business. Well, I just say in this day, in this age that we're in right now, folks, we have to represent the family business. The business that God has for us of establishing the kingdom, what he just said right here in Deuteronomy 8, that we multiply, we go in, and we possess the land the Lord swore to give us. We establish the kingdom of God on the face of this earth as the family business and represented God as he would have it done. Amen? Turn to the person beside you and say, yeah, I believe that's right. Okay. Now, I want to show you another scripture. Go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 27. But see, a lot of Christians don't think that it's a kingdom business. They don't, they're not looking at it as it's a kingdom business and we're, this is what's done. They just think about it as a personal relationship. Well, it's my own personal relationship with Jesus. Well, it is, but he wants you then to represent him to others. And they're not looking at it as a kingdom business. All right. Everywhere you go, you have a responsibility. The Bible calls you ambassadors for Christ, witnesses for Christ. You have a a job, a responsibility to portray Jesus in such a way that bring that people want to come to know him. Amen. Amen. So in Matthew chapter nine, verse 27 is where I want to read. It says that when Jesus departed from there, two blind men following him, crying out, saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were open, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all the country. Okay, can you imagine? I mean, just imagine you were blind, not able to see. And then all of a sudden, Jesus touches you, and the world opens up. And for the first time, you see trees, and you see grass, and you see flowers, and You smelled them, but you never knew what a rose looked like. And then all of a sudden your eyes are just open and and everything is new. Everything is fresh. Folks, listen to me. We need to have a revival today of Jesus opening people's eyes, especially Christians. To what the kingdom business is really all about. You need to take it up into your prayer life and begin to pray, Lord, open my eyes so that I can see. Because whether we realize it or not, we're blind. In a lot of areas, we're blind or we have blind spots. 
You may not be totally blind, but you have blind spots. You don't see really what God is looking at because you're looking at it through your wounded eyes. That's why I'm such a big, big promoter of freedom prayer so that we can get free from the wounds and the hurts of our own life so that our eyes can be open so that we can behold the beauty of this world. We look at this world and, 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 you know, like right now, there's so many things going on. And I, I, I'm pretty cautious to not just read everything and watch every news feed because, you know, it's really hard to know what truth is. And uh, I, I have just a couple of things that I follow, a couple of people that I trust that I follow because I want to I know uh, what's going on, what's happening in the world. Because God's moving in the world, folks. Listen to me. God's moving in the world. You may say, oh, you know, everything's bad. Listen to me. God is moving in the world. There is revival going on in the world. There are people getting saved all over the place. One of the greatest, greatest places that revival is taking place right now is in Iran. You may say that. Well, how could that be? I'm telling you that country is in a bad place. And through always when it's bad and persecuted like that, there is great revival going. There is great. The greatest churches in the world today are in China. They're all underground. They don't have a big building. Nobody knows about them. They're all underground. Do you know that in a church in China, and just imagine if I did this to y'all. <clears throat> they do not, of course, it's, it's, it's secretive. It's underground. And so they don't announce where they're meeting. It's up to each person to pray and hear the Holy Spirit where they're supposed to meet. <laughs> so can you imagine sitting with your wife on a Sunday morning? Now, what did you get? <laughs> what if it wasn't the same? You know, then who's right? And then they say, okay, well, we'll go. I think, well, you know, you probably prayed harder than I did this week, you know, so let's go where you went. And you go over there and there's nobody there. See, I told you there wasn't over here. Should have listened to me. And then there's a big fight. And I mean, I can just imagine all kinds of things taking place. But that's literally how you have to go to church. You have to pray and hear from the Holy Ghost where the meeting is and show up. I'm just talking, that's dedication. Hello? And so... My point is, when, you, when your eyes are open, you begin to see the whole kingdom business. Yeah, things are bad. And if 60% of America is depressed, I've got an answer. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? I have an answer. Yeah. It's Jesus. Amen. And I have also a really good one. If what you've been doing has got you to depression, let's stop doing that and try something else. Amen. And you know you're depressed. And so, I mean, you've already proven it doesn't work. Y'all with me? So this is the thing about it is we think a lot of times, oh, well, I'm saved. I've been saved. I've been saved since I was a kid. I mean, listen to to Dr. Sledge's testimony there. He's saying he was saved when he was in high school. And so, but then all of a sudden now he goes through a course at, you know, this age of his life. And all of a sudden, boom, you know, he's seeing things that he never saw before. oh, Oh, come on, folks. You don't get it all when you get saved. It's a continual process of keep growing and keep growing and keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. And it takes work. It takes effort on our side, which if you don't want to put out, you won't get anything. I want to encourage y'all. That's got to stop for a minute and do a pitch for the Wednesday night messages. I've been preaching these Wednesday night messages, and I know I've messed y'all up because we're not having church every Wednesday night because I'm coming in here and sometimes I'm doing two messages 
uh, at, at one time and, and one's live. And then we're doing another one after that for the next week. And I was trying to give everybody some time off all of our praise and worship people time off and, and just give everybody some time off. And I, I got to preach anyway. I got to get it out of my system. And, uh, and so I'm like the, you know, I'm like the puppy I got to play with and run him all of his energy out in the morning so he can be a normal dog. You know, I'm kind of like that when I get to preaching. And so I got to have an outlet. And so I said, well, all, everybody take off and us and just, you know, some people will do it. And, and that's what we're doing now. You know, when we start back in September and start having church again, I was wondering if you're going to show up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Or are you just going to be there saying, well, we just watch it. I got kind of used to this. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. Oh. But this series that I've been teaching through Romans chapter eight, the Lord gave that to me just line upon line all the way through. I'm just just one chapter and I'm doing 14 weeks on it. And, and I mean, there were some amazing things coming out of that. And if you've not listened to it, you should start it at the very first session I did and, and go through all of them and do your own Bible study with it. Look at it. Listen to what I'm saying, because I'm telling you, God wants us at this point in life to know that there's more than just you getting saved that you, when you die, you go to heaven. Hey, that's a great thing. But God wants to the, the spirit of life is on the inside of you and he wants to release that spirit of life out here into the world. And I'm telling you, revival that's coming upon this land is not going to be coming by the next great Billy Graham rising up. It's going to be coming from relationships right out of you into all the people. You are the Billy Grahams. Your word, your encouragement to other people, you're it. Okay? So here, these guys, their eyes are open and they see things like they've never seen before. Everything, the whole world is changed. That's what Jesus does for you. But he said, according to their faith. What if one only got one eye popped open? He only had half faith. He's got one eye. Well, one's better than none. <coughs> It was according to their faith. Where's your faith today? Are you in the family business? Are you seeing that you're in the family business? Have you already gotten tired and given up? And I want to tell you all something. It's easy, you know, in the drought we're in and the hardships we're in and, and no rain and it gets tired and everybody just gets tired and gets grumpy and, 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 and everything looks bad. And it's easy just to kind of back up and don't push and don't, don't do anything. It would be easy for me to say, I've been here for three decades. I might as well quit. Find somebody else. I'm not going to. I'm going to die in the pulpit, it, whether it's this pulpit or some other pulpit or whatever, or I'm a guest speaker someday. I want to drop dead in the pulpit. I want to freak the church out. <laughs> I want to be preaching my last message on Jesus and uh, gone to heaven. So I'm never going to retire. Okay, I'm always going to be preaching. I'm never going to quit because that, uh, how can I quit preaching what I love? Okay, or doing what I love. So anyway, where's your faith? And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I don't really want to go, I, I just really want to drive this point home. Where's your faith today? Is our faith that we're are still establishing the kingdom or have we always kind of just quit and we're just settled with the little plot of ground we got? You're saved. You did the best you could with your family. And so, well, just come back, Jesus. I'm tired, tired of, tired of dealing with ugly people, tired of going forward. I'm tired of this. Folks, listen to me. Today is the day to get energized by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life 
to find a fresh and a new anointing on your life so that you can preach and proclaim and declare to everyone around you, Jesus. Okay? So, go to the next scripture, Matthew 9.35. Matthew 9.35. Talking about family business here. It says, Matthew 9.35. Jesus went about all the cities and the villages teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Listen, what he did. Listen, I'm going to read that again. Then Jesus went about all the cities and the villages teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He was preaching the gospel. Gospel means good news. That's the simplicity of what gospel means, the good news. So when you see the gospel of Matthew, it's the good news from Matthew. So the good news from Mark. It's the good news from Luke. It's the good news from John. That's what it means. Jesus went about preaching the good news of the kingdom. He was telling people kingdom business, what the kingdom of God looks like in your life, not what the kingdom of devil looks like in your life, not what the kingdom of you looks like in your life, but what the kingdom of heaven could look like in your life. Healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion. He was moved with compassion for them. Look at this. They were wearied and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. When I looked up that word wearied, it means they were harassed. That's what it means. They were wearied. They were harassed. Have you been harassed? Just think about this for a minute. Since the COVID virus appeared on the scene, I never had ever worried about, never had even thought about a virus that would kill you. Right? And then as the news media put out all the stuff and talking about trucks and body bags and everybody was going to die and hospitals are going to be overrun and everything, it's pretty easy for your mind to just tell you every bad scenario. Then you're just sitting around, somebody coughs, and you're like, oh my God. Hand senators, are like, uh. <laughs> right? I honestly, I honestly don't think I ever used hand sanitizer. I mean, I, I, I mean, I guess I probably should have, but I don't know that that was a a normal thing for me to ever use hand sanitizer. And, you know, I was, I've been around animals, animal husbandry all my life, and, and I knew that all the things they were talking about the virus wasn't going to work because I've been around too many animals, and when your animals are confined and one gets sick, it's going to spread through them. There ain't nothing you're going to do about it. You can wrap them totally up, and they're still going to get sick. You know what I mean? You have to learn how to deal with the virus. Anyway... Um, I'm not trying to say I'm smarter than Dr. Fossey, but I'm pretty sure I am. Um, (laughs) Anyway. 
Put on hand sanitizers all the time, you know? Everywhere you went, it's hand sanitizer. Put that stuff on. Next thing I knew, my old hands just dried out and fingers cracking, had more of that. Had to put Neil's porn on everything on top of that, you know, just trying to keep everything lubed anyway. The point is, is that it's very easy to get to where that became your thought. You began to be cautious about that, about everything, about, ooh, ye, you know, what should be or not, or what, ye, uh, and then trying to navigate through all the crazy, stupid whatevers. And so you're harassed. And I really believe right now the American public is sick of being harassed. Okay? And I really believe right now, like they, they're talking about, you thought there was going to be going to have to go back to masking up at least by November. Yeah, nothing suspicious about that. But anyway, I don't think they'd ever do it. I think everybody's just sick of it. And they're going to say, no, we're not doing this because we've been harassed. Being harassed is not good. If you're harassed in your mind, you need freedom prayer to be set free from that harassment. You don't need to be harassed in your mind. And I don't know, well, I think it was Dr. Brown when he preached uh, two weeks ago. Uh, he said something about this about, or maybe it was Ray Lynn when you were doing the, the grief share deal, talking about the part of your brain over there on the side of it that when, you, when, when, you, when, when it gets sparked, it doesn't come back with a good report. It's like I've always said, when you're driving down the road and you hear a sound in your car, you don't think anything good. You think something's about to fall off. You don't think I ran over a five-gallon bucket of gold coins that's hung underneath the truck and I better get it out. <laughs> right? You think the muffler's falling off. Something's broke. It ain't working right. You never think, oh, man, what was that I ran over the road? I think that was a gold bar, and it's flipped up in the tire and making some noise. You better stop and pull that thing out. Your brain immediately says something negative. That's harassment. Jesus never called us to live in a state of harassment. Matter of fact, he had compassion when he saw the multitudes. And he says, they're harassed. They're tormented. They're harassed. They're weary and harassed. And I see the public right now looking harassed and weary. Never a greater time for the gospel to be preached. Never a greater time than, than to tell somebody, God bless you, or buy somebody's meal, or, or, or just be a blessing, or, you know, uh, in, in whatever way you can. It's never a greater time to do something like that. You never know who's sitting beside you. I remember one time we were at a restaurant, and I'm not saying this, I'm just giving this as an example, because I, I don't, it's not like, whatever. I do this all the time, but my wife and I were sitting at a restaurant. We didn't have, we didn't, we weren't abundantly wealthy or anything like that, but we were sitting there. And I mean, I, if I've ever heard God speak to me, he told me to buy the people's meal at the table next to us. And I said, ah, okay. You know, and I asked my wife, I said, we got enough money to do this, but I really feel like we should buy their meal. And so she said, yeah, we can do it. And if you think it's God, let's do it. I don't want to be disobedient to God. And I said, okay. And so the waitress comes over there and said, ma'am, I, can I just ask you to do me a favor? I said, I noticed you're waiting on the same table for, for them. And I said, can you, can you bring me their ticket? But I don't want them to know. I said, I just feel like the Lord told me to buy their meal. And she just starts crying. And I'm like, holy cow. 
Now I've started a whole storm here. And so she said, she was wiping her eyes. She said, well, that's my parents. And they'd had some, some trauma happen in their life. And they had come down that day just to eat out and whatever. And I said, praise God, I guess I heard God. But, you know. So what I'm saying is it was something simple. I had no idea that it would touch them. You just don't know, folks. I'm just telling you, the world's weary. The world is weary. The world is struggling. The world's going out there. You don't know when you're sitting in the cafe, you could look at all the people and they may be laughing or they may be smiling or they may not be, but you don't know what's going on in their life. And it's our job to be about family businesses to have our eyes open and to become aware that God's kingdom's bigger than us. And if you're caught in this trap of saying, God, well, I know you want me to help everybody else, but I need some help. And you're trapped in that. Well, then, folks, there's ways to get help. You go to your brothers and sisters. You get them to pray for you. You have go to freedom prayer. You disciple yourself. You you enlarge yourself. You read more. You go into the bookstore. You buy books, buy books on whatever you're going through. You learn, you grow. I have an extensive library in my office, and that's not even that's not even it. I have books everywhere because in my early days of being saved, I wanted to know everything I possibly could. And I read every book I could get my hand on. Some of them, I read them and I was like, I don't think that's right. But then I knew some knowledge about what other people may be thinking. So I follow that one away. And then I get another one. And it just spoke right to my heart. Taught me, helped me, learned, grew. Because it's about family business. I want to be good at the family business. You've got to always be thinking the kingdom is bigger than you. And when you get so focused in life that it's all about me, you're missing the family business. Your eyes aren't opened. And truly what it is, is you are harassed. At the end of this chapter, uh, this verse here, he says, uh, and Jesus said, uh, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the labors are few. He was looking for laborers then. Jesus made this statement then, the laborers are few. And I think the same thing is true today. The laborers are few. And I don't know about y'all, like I just told you, don't be thinking about this, but I really would like to wrap all this up and go to heaven. And if the gospel has got to be preached through all the world, well, then let's get busy. I want you to become aware today of the family business and aware that everybody you're around is a part of the family business, whether they're in the family or they need to come into the family. There's only two people on the face of this earth, those that are saved and those that aren't. The ones that aren't, the ones that don't want to be, and the ones that, you know, whatever. oh, well, just, you know, I mean, we do what we can, we preach to them, but, I mean, I can tell you not everybody's going to heaven. It's a sad thing, but not everybody's going to heaven. Not because Jesus rejects them, but because they reject him. All right? All right? Yeah. Now, let's look at another one. Let's go to Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. 28. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's what Jesus promises us. Living a life in the family business... Jesus says, I want to give you rest. I want to give you rest. Take my yoke. 
his way of doing it upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle, lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Where is there in that any guilt or any condemnation? Where is in that scripture anything that would not make you want to serve Jesus? Can you imagine going to work for an employer and say, look, I just want you to work for me, but, you know, come on over here. It's easy. And your burden, your workload is going to be light. But I'm going to make sure that you have rest for your soul. Everything's going to be good. It's going to be happy. I went into a restaurant up there and man, this one was hopping. This person had it all. Man, they were doing great. And so I was looking and watching and it's pretty easy to pick out the I didn't know if he was the manager or the owner. I figured he had to be the owner. He was doing too good a job. And so uh, he came by the table and I said, sir, let me ask you a question. So are you the owner? And he said, yes, sir, I am. And I said, how many years you had this business? He said, 34 years. Been had this business. I said, man, you've got a great restaurant. You're doing really, really good. And I just want to say thank you. I mean, we came in here. We were served and waited. Everything was good. Everything was, you know, your, your place is clean. It's I don't see anywhere that... You're, you're running off kilter, and, and I just, you know, just want to say thank you. And I said, our waitress was, was amazing. And he said, well, <laughs> he said, that's my sister-in-law. <laughs> and he said, uh, yeah, she's good. She's been here with me forever, and we run this place, and, and it's a family business. You know, he started in the whole same thing. And, and, I, and then he began to talk about people that didn't want to work. And he said, but that's their issue. He said, we're going on. We're going to make this business work. He spoke real positive. And I said, well, sir, God bless you. And he just went. And he said, well, God bless you and thank you. And, and I knew it. When I said that to him, he probably didn't get that many God bless yous. And, uh, and I, I could see that there was something different about the, his mentality about how he was running the business. You with me? There was a different mentality that got them successful in what they're doing. Jesus is saying that to you. I want you to have that mentality. I don't want you to say, oh, I don't want to get too close to Jesus. If you get too close, close to Jesus, he's going to tell me to quit doing something. He's going to take something away from me. Or I'm not going to have as much time. Or he's going to try to get 10% of everything I got. <laughs> and so you start backing off. But Jesus is no, 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 come on. Come on. I want you to come to me because what? is going to happen in the family business is I'm going to give you rest. I'm going to take off this heavy, harassing burden that this world has given you. I'm going to take that off of you. Folks, I don't know if you've ever been mad at somebody and you let it get into bitterness and then bitterness into unforgiveness and then unforgiveness taking it the next step on into strife. It's not easy to stay mad all the time. Y'all ever notice that it takes a lot of energy out of you. Oh, well, I know you good people. You never did that. So, I mean, I, I, I got to tell you, it does. It takes a lot of energy out of you to be mad. It takes a lot of energy to be mad at everybody. It takes a lot of work to not be nice. Look at the person beside and say, hey, you got that right. <laughs> and Jesus said, man, I want you to come over here because I want to make your burden easy. Man, when somebody's talking to me in that love language, I'm running to it. I'm saying, hey, I don't want this heavy burden. I don't want this crazy in my head. I don't want to be harassed in my thoughts. I don't want to wake up every day thinking something's wrong. 
You know, all this stuff going on, folks, I got to be honest with you. I don't know. I know somebody's out for ill gain. Uh, that's a given. All right. But to sit around and trying to figure out who's doing what, who's in charge and who's running this and doing that. and They're going to do the big reset and they're going to set this and do that. I'm like, man, this stuff gets tiring to just try to figure all this stuff out all the time of what is the big, great conspiracy theory that's coming. It's a whole lot easier to say, Jesus, you're in charge of my life, and I just trust in you, and Lord, I don't know how chips are going to fall, but bless God, I'm, I'm going to go on and do what you call me to do, and you know? It's a whole lot easier. Jesus' way is easy. He said, I want to give you rest. And look, and then he says, I want to find rest for your soul. Your soul's that part of you down here, your emotions, your will, down inside of you. And he says, I want to bring rest to that because people are tormented in their souls. So I want you to see this about the family business. First, you're seeing you, you got to understand you're in a family business and there's kingdom. There's a kingdom that wants to be established. Second thing is you got to look at right here is God wants you to be finding healing in every step of the kingdom. Amen. Not torment. Not torment. He didn't want to. He didn't want to take it. He didn't want to load you with heavy burdens. It's really interesting. Some of y'all, you know, you think I'm just naturally gifted to preach, and I'm not. Truth of the matter is, I can be very introverted. Truth of the matter is, I could live on a ranch, give me a horse and a few cows, and poke them around for the rest of my life and never see another person. That's the truth. I was raised just there was just I only have an older sister and I was raised pretty much on my own. And uh, I wasn't raised by wolves or nothing, you know, but uh, <laughs> we were raised on a ranch and it was isolated. And I stayed out there. I, I, I hadn't made up my own games and and did all my activities by myself. And 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 I was a loner. Always was a loner. Still am a loner. I enjoy being alone. But then one day God got hold of me. And he said, I want you to do this. And I said, this is ridiculous. That is exactly the opposite thing that I want to do in life. But for, as Tracy said, three decades. <laughs> I have never I have never not had a message to preach. And I don't do anything but read my Bible. They don't send me something to preach off of. I just read my Bible and talk to Jesus all day, and he gives me an idea, and a thought comes, and this goes to the next, and the next, and the next, and I put down the scriptures and stand up here, and then it all happens. It's a miracle. I get home to my wife and say, it's a miracle. Half of the stuff I've told y'all this morning I never thought of before I just got up here. It's a miracle. It's a miracle taking place every week, and it's been that way for three decades. I look at it and say, well, Lord, you know, you did it pretty easy because all I got to do is read my Bible. I just get up in the morning. I read my Bible. I talk to Jesus and then it all happens. Now, there's times I get worried because I don't get the message. And it's time for church. <laughs> and I'll get a little anxious and say, well, Lord, you know, never have not given me anything, but <laughs> I sure am dry today. <laughs> and then step up here and a miracle takes place. God moves. Y'all get blessed. Everybody says it's great. And I just get home and say, Lord, I can't believe you pulled that off. <laughs> it's easy because I'm doing it the Lord's way. Amen. 
See, when you do the kingdom business, it's the Lord's way. You don't have to go into the store and have a major intercessory prayer group before you're going to say, God, am I supposed to bless somebody today? Am I supposed to touch somebody today? God. No, if you just open up your eyes and just wait, you'll see it happen. Are you with me? Because it's your yoke is easy. His yoke is easy and his burden's light. He wants to heal your soul. He wants you to be the happiest people on the face of the earth. He wants you to be the greatest, not, not the greatest Christian. He wants you to be so blessed that you become a great Christian. Because all you're doing is telling him how great, telling everybody else how great he is and what he's done for you. Are y'all following me here, church? Because when your soul's healed, it's not work. It becomes easy. It just becomes a natural flow of your life. And you get to be who you are. See, if y'all wanted me to have a big robe on this morning and do all kinds of real, you know, ritualistic prayers and things like that, and kneel and up and down and up and down and up and down and go through all the sink and stuff, I'd say, yeah, I have to get somebody else that doesn't fit me. Right? I told y'all that I was at a church at a funeral the other day and and uh, I got I had to laughing because we stood up and sat down so much that tops of my thighs started burning. And I'm like, man, I am out of shape. But, the, you know, and I kept grabbing the pew in front of me to stand up on, but it wasn't screwed down good. And every time I pulled on it to get up, the thing went back and then the people turned around and looked at me. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry. But I said, man, I don't want, didn't want to do, you know, I didn't want to look like I was too old having to get over and kind of shift to the side to stand up, you know. I wanted just to stand up, but it was like, man, this thing's kind of got me tipped back a little bit. This is kind of difficult to get up there. And, and I couldn't get hold of the side, and somebody was right beside me, so I just had to just total thigh muscle it up. <laughs> and then I thought, I don't want to hear any complaints from, from our church anymore. Y'all just stand up for 30 minutes, or you can sit down, or you can move from one leg to the next, but at least you ain't got to get up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. Of course, then I guess we're all weak thighed. I don't know. <laughs> It was ridiculous. But the point is, you get to go through all this doing, being who you want to be. All right? Let me give you one more scripture. John 5, 19. John 5, 19. And Jesus answered and he said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So Jesus said this principle to everybody right there. He says, I'm, a, I'm paraphrasing all this, but he said, I'm about family business and I'm only doing what I've seen my father do. I'm just simply, I'm just simply acting out the nature of my father because that's the way the family business operates. Y'all see that? I won't tell you to turn here because I told you that was the last scripture. John 15, 5 says that you were in the vine. You're a part of the vine. And you can do nothing without Jesus because you're in the part of the vine. In other words, you can't break off a limb and think the limb's going to grow or laying there on the dirt because it's a part of the vine. That's where, you're, that's where you get your, your, your nourishment from, the vine, right? But then Philippians 4.13 says you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you. So in the vine, you can do all things. Outside of the vine, you can't do anything. And so when you stop doing kingdom business, the father's business, out of the vine, it's going to be ugly and you're going to hurt people. 
So if a Christian has ever burnt you, today you can forgive them by just saying, well, they were off the vine. <laughs> well, what's wrong with old Grumpy over there? Well, he just got broke off the vine. <laughs> he didn't get any juice. Okay? Just, just forgive them because they just got broke off the vine. They're warped and twisted. Got broke off the vine. Then you can say, oh, now I understand. They ain't getting no juice. They're over there trying their own way of doing kingdom business. And it's not like the father said. So therefore, doesn't represent the father. And so therefore, they're like they are. But I want to be about kingdom business. So our example, which I'll get into next week and start showing you some of the principles here. But our example is Jesus because he said, I do. I did what. I saw the father do. So whatever Jesus did, that's the same representation of the father's nature and his business. Right. So if you want to know how God is, is God an angry old man with long white hair and a rocking chair with a baseball bat behind his back is waiting for you to come to the throne so he can whack you because of all the things you've been doing wrong. Well, did Jesus act like that? He did once. He did once. He got upset in the middle of church, got him out of whip, and went to just whopping. I mean, he went to thrashing, whooping, and whopping, and kicking over tables. But who did he do it to? The religious people. See, I'm glad that I wasn't ever in that crowd. I'm glad I'm over in the crowd of all the, you know, the, the sinners, so that I can just say, well, that's where I'm from, you know. I'm made out of dirt. I remind the Lord of that every once in a while. You made me out of dirt, so I mean, you can't expect much. <laughs> Wasn't made out of gold. Hello? So if you want to know what the Father's like, you got to look at Jesus. So that's what we're going to be doing next week. We're going to be looking at Jesus, some of the way he operated in business, and then we're going to be able to see how the family business operates, and then you're going to be able to put that into your life and say, ah, this is what you... This is the way you do it. Now, I'll leave you with this. When I left that restaurant that I told you, I'm going to close it so I won't preach anymore. When I left that restaurant that I told you was really good, um, as I walked out, they had a, <clears throat> I was trying to, to eat good. And uh, so I was looking for something that was on the menu that was really good to you know, and then all of a sudden this hamburger went by and I was like, <laughs> and, and so then I began to calculate up everything and I thought, you know, and knock that top bun off her. <laughs> Don't get on those fries and, you know, I can do this. And so I said, I, the waitress came with her. I said, you know, I was going to order this, but, um, that is the best looking hamburger I've ever seen. And they said, oh, well, for the last four years, we've won the state fair uh, with this hamburger. And I said, well, what was that thing? And they said, well, it's a, it's a uh, hamburger, cheeseburger with uh, the green, the hatch green chilies fried on top of it. I said, bring it out. <laughs> I got to have it. And literally, it was one of the best hamburgers I've ever eaten. You know, and the meat was just phenomenal. 
and, and the way it was made and everything. And so then when I started to walk out of the store, I, or the restaurant, I looked and you could see into the kitchen and I saw them and they were taking, you know, you could see the ground meat and it was fresh and they were hand patting each one out. It wasn't like you got, you know, I'm always a little worried about a hamburger when it's perfect. Hello? There's something wrong. Some machine touched that baby. And so... This baby was just, you know, and these things were, I mean, they were, you, they were all uneven and everything, but you could tell they were all hand. And I looked in there and I said, see, he's got an ingredient. That's one of the things he started with, really good meat, and that's what made this thing. Because why? He took the time to do it. And folks, you're never going to have it be successful in anything in life unless you're willing to take the time to do it, to get the best, to make the best. And we're talking about your life, and you're talking about your eternal life. So I think we ought to put forth our best effort in everything we're doing as a Christian to understand the family business and how God wants us to operate because it is our eternity. Hello? So look at the person beside you and say, you know, he's really right. And then stand up. Yeah, only made you stand up twice. <laughs> well, praise God. So, y'all be praying this week for VBS, okay? It's going to be a great time. I'm believing that we can invest and sow some seeds in children. I'm believing for miracles there. Uh, we have a prayer team here today, if you would. Come on up front and uh, be here to prayer. If you need prayer for anything, that's why we have the prayer team people here. So use them. They're at your disposal. They're a portal to heaven with you today. And so if you need them, grab them. If you're out there watching the video, man, I'm so glad you did. If you need prayer, you can always write in and we'll be praying for you. We'll go on our prayer team, our prayer chain going out. And uh, if you're out there watching and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've never been a part of the family of God. Well, the Bible's real simple. It just says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart and Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you will be saved. It's, it takes just like those blind men, your faith grabbing hold of Jesus and you can be saved. So right there in your home, you don't have to be here in church. You can be right there and pray and say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you are the Lord and Savior of this world. You're now my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me in your blood and make heaven my home. And if you pray a simple prayer like that by faith, the Spirit of God will touch you right there and you'll be a part of the family. If you're in here today, like I said, our prayer team is up here. If you need prayer, you need to even just pray for somebody else, whatever you want to do. But listen, church. We're going to get about the family business. Everybody say, I want to be a part of the family. Everybody say, don't go against the family. And we're going to learn these next few weeks. And then you're going to be able to apply it to your life and find rest for your souls. Amen. Amen. So let me pray over you. Heavenly Father, we just pray today. And Lord, I just ask you to bless everyone. Lord, we want to be about the family business. We want to operate the family business like we're supposed to, like, like, like Jesus, you intended us to. So I pray over everyone, Lord God, that today is an eye-opening day. Today is a miraculous day. That, Lord, they're willing to drop all of their 
tools that they've been using that have not been effective and pick up the kingdom business tools so we can see the kingdom of God advanced on this earth. So, Lord, bless them today. Bless this week. We thank you for a blessing in your hand upon VBS, Lord, this week and children's lives being touched and changed. And we give you all the praise for it, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.